Matt couldn't make it this week, so we're doing a special bonus mini-sode, previewing our 2018 Summer Movie League. What movies will our players be drafting on next? Stick around, it's up for debate. This is Up for Debate, bonus episode number six, recorded April 19th, 2018, a preview of the 2018 Summer Movie League. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this bonus episode of Up for Debate. I'm your solo host, Sean Jennings. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we had a scheduling conflict this week, so Matt and I were unable to get together to record a new episode, so instead we're releasing this, a special exclusive preview of the 2018 Up for Debate Summer Movie League. Now, the Summer Movie Draft will be the next episode in the feed after this one, so here we are to set you up what you can expect from that draft. Uh, we're going to hold off on announcing the players of the draft. You'll have to tune into the draft episode to find out. What I'm here to do today is to preview some of the movies we will be drafting next week. We have 30 of them on the slate, as we always do. Uh, the first coming out April 27th, the last September 14th. So it's a long span and a big, diverse group of movies here. And I think if I had to kind of sum up the overall sort of theme of the movies this year, it is sequels and existing franchises. Uh, those are by far the most common ways we're getting movies this summer. Out of the 30 movies in the draft, 16 of them are either sequels, prequels, remakes, or part of an existing uh, pop culture franchise, which is quite incredible. Uh, and they range everywhere from the biggest, probably your, your Avengers or your Solo, um, all the way down to a remake of The Predator, which I didn't know, Disney's Christopher Robin, Teen Titans, Go to the Movies. It's quite a slate. So let's break it down in sort of sequential order. Let's go through the rundown. Starting with our very first movie, and I'm very excited that we're going to kick off with this one because it is likely the biggest movie of the summer, certainly one of the biggest, Avengers Infinity War, the crossover event that America has been waiting for. Uh, we've been watching these Marvel movies for a long time, well over a dozen of them, and it's coming together into this one large film. It's coming off the you know, $600 million plus domestic gross of Black Panther uh, and the great success of Thor Ragnarok uh, back last fall. So Marvel is really hot right now. And interestingly enough, Avengers Infinity War, roughly more than $50 million of advanced tickets, which is the third highest ever, only behind Star Wars Force Awakens and The Last Jedi. So the pre-sales are huge, even bigger than Black Panther. And so what that means exactly for... The overall box office, we'll have to wait and see. It's certainly going to be a big movie, and it's going to be interesting for our players to bid on this one because we'll have to see if these teams are willing to bet their money early. You know, do you spend 70 of your $100 on the first movie in the draft? It's a bold strategy, but whoever wins this, I guarantee, will have a good shot at winning the prize because we're going to get some big monies for Avengers Infinity War. The next movie on the draft, Overboard, uh, it is a romantic comedy starring Anna Faris, Eva Longoria. Uh, it is a very small film. I don't expect it will go for much. Following that up is the film Breaking In, starring Gabrielle Union and Billy Burke. It is a thriller. You know, in the movie drafts, we tend to have a mixed sort of run when it comes to thriller films. They tend to do better in the summer. I think this will be an interesting pickup for somebody if the price is right. 
That's followed up by the film Life of the Party. This is Melissa McCarthy's new effort. Uh, Gillian Jacobs is in it as well, directed by Ben Falcone. Uh, and this film put out by Warner Brothers. You know, Melissa McCarthy, you know, I would say most people enjoy her, but her films tend to do really mixed, um, and her last few hadn't been as successful. Her last film prior to this one was the Ghostbusters remake, but the last film she headlined, The Boss, only grossed $63 million domestically before that spy $110 million. So, you know, she, she, I wouldn't say she's on a huge Tammy before that, $84 million. So uh, certainly going to be an interesting film. You can also look at the time when it's coming out. And around that weekend, the sort of sequels, prequels, Avengers Infinity War will be towards the end of its run. There won't be a lot of competition for Life of the Party at the theater, so they may pick up some folks there. We also have, after that, Book Club. This film stars uh, Diane Keaton, Jane Fonda, uh, uh, Candace Bergen, uh, sort of an, an older woman's film. Uh, that should be an interesting pickup as well, a bit lighter. But then we follow it up with a big sequel, Deadpool 2, uh, the sequel to the big hit film, Deadpool you may remember the original film came out in 2016 and grossed over $300 million domestically, broke a lot of records uh, when it first came out as well. It's the number one superhero comedy of all time, the number one X-Men film of all time, the number one rated comic book adaptation of all time. So uh, a very successful original. Can the sequel live up to the hype? And you got to remember, it's less than a month after Avengers Infinity War. Will people tire of superheroes for this film. Uh, this will certainly be one of the top five value purchases in the draft. Uh, if it gets even close to that 360 million, it's a no brainer for these players. Uh, that one could easily go for 40, $50 following that up uh, again. Interestingly, we have three major films in the top six next up solo, a star Wars story. Look at big movie on this one. When you look at the star Wars sort of franchise, of course, A Force Awakens, $936 million. Last Jedi, $620 million. Maybe best compared to Rogue One at $532 million. Either way, we're talking probably minimum $400 million, if not $500 million. Probably the highest grossing, possibly second behind Avengers. Uh, but it will be huge money for Solo. Um, and this will be one of the hot commodities of the of the summer, and I'll mention when we get at the end of this episode what I think my top couple films must-owns are for these players, but Solo will be big as well, uh, coming a week after Deadpool 2. We follow that up with Hereditary. Uh, this is a, a horror film from the A24 studio. Uh, they're the people who brought you a, a lot of films like Ex Machina, Lady Bird, Moonlight, The Disaster Artist, It Comes at Night, uh, a very hot independent uh, group at the moment. Early reviews are very positive. Could this be the horror breakout of the summer? There's usually one. Um, I think it's interesting that it's kind of sandwiched between Deadpool, Solo, Ocean's 8, Incredibles 2. Not a lot of horror at that time, so uh, it might have a shot. That's a really intriguing pickup for somebody if the price is right. If you can get that in that $6 range, I think that it's an interesting pickup. I'll say that. Following that up, Ocean's 8, they're reviving the Ocean's 11 franchise, they're back. This time, it's the ladies, uh, starring, of course, um, Sandra Bullock. It's also got Kate Blanchett, Anne Hathaway, Sarah Paulson, Olivia Munn, Dakota Fanning, Rihanna, Helena Bottom Carter. Everyone's in this film, um, and the franchise is back. Uh, of course, there hasn't been one in a long time, so it'll be interesting to see if it brings audiences back 
kind of compare it to the Ghostbusters remake that made about 140 million dollars. So uh, it will be interesting to see how this one does uh, by comparison. A known franchise, all women. Interesting. It is the most comedy film in this part of the summer. So I think if people want a straight comedy option. This may be a good pickup for them. Incredibles 2 follows that up. Uh, very interesting about this summer. One of the real sort of key things you need to know about this summer. Animated movies are at an all-time low. DreamWorks is not doing a film this summer. Imagine Entertainment is not doing a film this summer. Um, Hotel Transylvania 3 is coming out, as well as Teen, Titan Go Teen Titans Go to the Movies, and that is it for the whole summer. So Incredibles 2, you got to remember, the original Incredibles film... Was, was a while ago, back in 04. I mean, we're talking over a decade ago, but it grossed $261 million adjusted for inflation. That's about $385 million. Uh, when you look at Pixar overall in their recent films, um, a bit of a sort of mixed bag lately. We saw Coco do 209, Cars 3, 152, but Finding Dory, which I think is very analogous, right? A beloved franchise, a beloved original film. They did a sequel, $486 million for Finding Dory back in 2016. So... This is a big, big pickup for somebody. We've seen in the Summer League every time around, the kids' movies are what propel you to win. Um, and I think it, it, it's hard-pressed to win this league without owning some kids' movies. Even if it's not the biggest, that is a guaranteed minimum money baker. And you're talking Pixar, and you're talking what might be the most critically beloved franchise, which is The Incredibles, with a sequel that early reviews are positive. So Incredibles 2 is going to be another one of those $40, $50, $60 films that I think teams are really going really to go after. That one is followed up by Tag, um, Ed Helms, Jeremy Renner, Comedy. Um, I have no idea what it's, uh, what it's about, so I'll try to find out. A group of ex-classmates meet up and organize a game of tag that finds them traveling across the country. It's got John Hamm, Jake Johnson, Hannibal Burris, Rashida Jones, Brian Dennehy. I, I don't think anyone's going to go see this. Not really a hot pickup uh, in that respect. Then we have another big franchise, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, the sequel to Jurassic World. Uh, you may remember Jurassic World, when it came out, set box office records. It ended up grossing $652 million domestically, uh, which is more than the previous three Jurassic Park films combined. So big money on Jurassic World. Will Fallen Kingdom live up to that hype? Um, it is certainly a blockbuster film, uh, but it's coming off the heels of a lot of other big blockbuster films. I mean, a lot of the buzz is going to be sucked up by Avengers, Deadpool, Solo. Uh, will Jurassic World bring in the crowds? Probably. Again, I think this is probably in your top five big movies of the summer. But will it be as big as Avengers? Will it be as big as Solo? I don't think so. Um, I, I think that you're at a high risk of some team overbidding for this film. And you're looking at, you know, someone's going to put up 60, 65 on this as their as their big bet. And it'll, it'll get them at that third, second place. I don't know if it'll be enough to push him to first. It's, it's a tough buy. If you can get this at $40, it's a no-brainer. Once you start pushing 50 60 uh, I'm suspicious of Jurassic World, but maybe I'll be proven wrong. Um, after that, Sicario 2, uh, Day of the Solado. You may remember the original Sicario film. Uh, a minor hit, $46 million at the box office, but critically well-reviewed uh, with Emily Blunt and Benicio Del Toro. Uh, the sequel to that will be coming out, so that's a small pickup for somebody in the couple dollar range, followed by the comedy Uncle Drew. This is a really interesting pickup. Um, it stars uh, Shaquille O'Neal, Nick Kroll, Tiffany Haddish, uh, and it it tells the story 
of the Uncle Drew character who you may know from uh, a series of Pepsi Max commercials. Um, Kyrie Irving stars as the titular Uncle Drew, a streetball legend, um, a sports comedy film. I am so intrigued by this movie because we saw films like Girls Trip last year, these sort of African-American targeted movies that are, are straight comedies. This could be a big sleeper for somebody. I think if this is under $10 for me, it's probably a must-own. Um, I think if it if it tops 10, then you're going to start to question mark it. But uh, I think if you look at what it's coming out around Jurassic World, Sicario 2, Ant-Man, The First Perch, there's really nothing like it towards the end of June. Um, and I think if you look at the entire list of films for the summer, I think this is really unique in its spot. Um uh, I think Uncle Drew is really intriguing. I'm curious to see how that will do. That's going to be followed up by Ant-Man and the Wasp, the second Marvel movie of the summer f- coming on the heels of uh, Infinity War. This is the sequel to Ant-Man. You may remember the original grossed $180 million at the box office. Uh, not the biggest in terms of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's actually ranked um, in terms of uh, its gross. It is the third worst performing of the... Uh, entire franchise but then again he'll be uh, Amen will be featured Paul Rudd will be featured in the uh, Infinity Wars we'll be bringing out Evangeline Lilly as the Wasp um, and it should be a fun film so it'll be interesting to see how that grosses I think it's a it's a decent pickup it's it's sort of a double it's not really a home run but uh, but you could do you know, there are much worse movies you can own coming after that the first Purge this is uh, the gosh was it now the Fourth movie in the Purge franchise. This one, a prequel going back to the first Purge. Uh, and it's interesting because those films have actually grossed more move, uh, more money each time one has come out. 64 million, 71 million, 79 million. You know, not gangbusters, not huge movies. But what anyone who's played in this league will tell you is you can't buy one huge... You can't just buy Solo and win. You can't just buy Avengers and win. Uh, because the top tier movies are so close, you need... These are the ones that put you over the edge. And teams that have bought Purge movies in the past, they're usually summer films, uh, it's helped them. It's done well. Hey, look, 71 million is nothing to sneeze at. And if you can bid at it at the right price, if you're getting in under $10 on a film like this... Uh, it's a little bit of a no-brainer, and the box office, at least so far, is telling us they're not fatiguing on this franchise. They're, they're making more money each time. Uh, will they come out for this one? We'll have to wait and see. Up next, one of our other few animated films, Hotel Transylvania 3, Summer Vacation, the third in the franchise. This is from Sony Pictures Animation. Uh, the Hotel Transylvania film, again, another franchise making more money as time goes on, started at 148 for the first one and 169 for the second one at the domestic box office. We'll have to wait and see how this one does. Again, with there being such little animation and especially around the time it's coming out in mid-July, parents won't have any other movies to take their kids to see unless they're going to go see, you know, The First Purge, (laughs) which I I highly doubt. The Equalizer 2, I don't think so. So Hotel Transylvania, you know, it's not going to get Incredibles 2 money, but this is a, you know, a $20 movie all day, you know? Uh, a good one to have in your portfolio, especially if your strategy is not to go all in on one of the big movies. Hotel Transylvania 3 is a great back pocket movie to have. After that, Skyscraper, uh, Dwayne Johnson, if you can believe it, is in another action film. This time, he tries to escape a skyscraper, or he tries to get into a skyscraper. I genuinely don't know how he interacts with a skyscraper, but it has The Rock and it has a skyscraper. Big action film. Uh, it's interesting. You look at how Rampage 
did, which is kind of, I would argue, an analogous film. Uh, it did $62 million in its first 10 days. We don't have a final yet on that, but, you know, it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me to, to, you know, get close to that $90 million mark for, for an action film, uh, that coming out in March is kind of a tough, or in April is kind of a tough time to, to do that. I think a midsummer action film, um, you know, you, 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 50 million is a no brainer on this. I think 70 is plausible. A hundred is plausible as well. So again, another kind of mid range movie that is good to have in a player's portfolio. After that equalizer two. Um, I know everyone loved the first Equalizer film. <laughs> I think uh, Denzel Washington returns to the role uh, as the Equalizer, uh, this thriller action film. Um, the original came out in 2014, so uh, the sequel is returning. The first one grossed domestically um, uh, $101 million in North America. So certainly a, a mild success there. Denzel Washington is, uh, you know, a hot actor, as always, um, as he has been. So we'll have to see how that one does. Interesting, coming out the week after Skyscraper. So will we see some thriller fatigue? We'll have to find out. Certainly different from a thriller, the next film, Mamma Mia, here we go again. The sequel to the Mamma Mia musical film uh, that came out uh, previously. You may remember that one from uh, 2008, so 10 years later. Uh, quite a, Quite a ways back from that, but... Uh, a mild success at the time. It grossed $144 million in the U.S., so uh, certainly made money. Interesting that they decided to come back. A lot of the cast is returning, uh, so uh, a unique summer film. A unique summer film. Uh, curious to see how that one does. Following that up with uh, another one of our franchise films, Mission Impossible Fallout. Uh, Mission Impossible Films, if you can believe it, the first one in the franchise came out in two uh, in 1996, and they're still making them. The last one, Rogue Nation, in 2015, grossed 195 million. Uh, that made it the the middle of the pack. The the films have made all kinds of different money. Ghost Protocol 209. You can compare it to that. I think this is a a 150 easy film. I think this is a franchise. People feel comfortable. They know what they're going to get. Um, it's something that. I think people still enjoy Tom Cruise, still enjoy the films for what they are. Um, and that's a solid pickup at, at, at $15, $17 for, for your roster. Um, that's a great one to pad out. If you get, you know, if you're going to spend $75 on, on Solo or Infinity Wars to, to partner that with Mission Fallout, that's a, that's a great pairing. Um, and so that's a, that's, a, that's a good film to own. No question mark on that. I think that's a solid, a solid film. Next up, uh, the last animated film of the draft, Teen Titans Go to the Movies, based on the children's animated series Teen Titans Go. This uh, this film is the first sort of uh, major wide release for DC Animation uh, and the Warner Animation Group, other than the Lego movies. It's the same studio that did that, uh, which obviously was a very big success. The Lego Batman movie, for example, did 175. I have absolutely no idea how this movie is going to do. Uh, I'm not as familiar with the Teen Titans Go franchise. I'm not sure how popular it is with kids. I don't know if it has quite the universal appeal of a uh, Hotel Transylvania or a um, Incredibles, two franchises that have been primarily movies as time has went on. Uh, It's not like they were TV shows that were converted. So I think it's an intriguing pickup. I don't think it's going to do... I think it'll be third between but behind Incredibles and Hotel Transylvania. I, I would be shocked if it outgrossed either of those. Um, but you know, it's a kids' movie, 
So, you know, you, you do have built an audience there. It's it's not a it's not a non-starter, but that's more of a single digit type low double digit film. Uh but there's a kids movie coming out a week later, Disney's Christopher Robin. Uh this from, you know, Gotta know Disney, they gotta put it right in the name. Uh, and this is a fantasy live-action hybrid film uh, where the real actors will be interacting with the uh, Winnie the Pooh characters. Uh, in the film, Christopher Robin is all grown up and has lost all sense of imagination. Pooh and his friend re-enter Christopher's life to help him find it again. Really interesting film uh, in terms of the movie league. We just saw Paddington 2 be critically very well-reviewed, uh, but only grossed, uh, it was under $100 million, but what it didn't have was the marketing power of Disney. And this is their sort of next step in their live-action hybrid franchises um, that we've seen them do over the last couple of years, Beauty and the Beast being being an example of that. Will this be as big as those? I don't, I don't know, but... Um, because it's not quite a remake of an existing story, this is sort of a new story, but at the same time, it is coming out September 3rd, or I'm sorry, August 3rd, so you're getting that late summer, we talked about there not being a lot of kids movies, and I think this is loved well enough between adults and kids, again, another solid film, I wouldn't say it's a must-own, but gonna do good for somebody, you know, it's Disney, they're not gonna let it gross 50 million, I mean, it'll, it'll do better than that, for sure. Uh, following that up is a film, Mile 22. It's an action-American thriller. It's directed by Peter Berg, uh, who you may know directed Hancock, Battleship, Lone Survivor, Deepwater Horizon, Patriot's Day. I mean, this guy knows his action. Uh, and it stars Mark Wahlberg. So there you go. Uh, an elite American intelligence officer tries to secretly move a police officer with sensitive information out of a foreign country. Ronda Rousey, uh, is, uh, starring in it as well. So John Malkovich, uh, this will be your, your you know, standard action thriller film coming out August 3rd. Uh, after that, The Spy Who Dumped Me. Uh, this is a comedy film, uh, an action comedy, probably is a better way to describe it, starring Mila Kunis and Kate McKinnon. Uh, Audrey and her best friend Morgan find themselves embroiled in a major international conspiracy when Audrey's ex-boyfriend unexpectedly re-enters her life with a team of assassins on his trail and reveals he's actually a CIA agent. Could be a fun comedy. Uh, Kate McKinnon waiting for that breakout role. Mila Kunis somehow still in movies. Um, apparently, and this is interesting, uh, Wikipedia says the film was originally scheduled for release in July, but after a phenomenal test screening, it was pushed back to August 3rd. Uh, so, you know, Every summer we have those one or two smaller comedy films that really break out uh, and blow everybody away. Bridesmaids being a good example of that. Uh, Girls Trip last summer being a good example of that. That tops 100 million. Could it be Mile 22? Uh, sorry, The Spy Who Dumped Me? We'll see. Uh, next up, Crazy Rich Asians. Uh, this is a romantic comedy film based on the uh, novel of the same name by Kevin Kwan. Uh, and, uh, yeah, the, uh, the film adaptation coming out in August, uh, it will be starring Constance, Constant Wu, Ken Young, a number of other actors. Um, interesting, interesting demographically, certainly. I mean, you know, uh, Asian Americans, not the largest movie going audience, but at the same time for years, they said, Hey, you can't make movies with African American leads. People won't see them. And we've really proven that to be not true with films like Black Panther and Girls Trip and a lot of these other um, you know, black-centric films, I think. Crazy Rich Asians, hey, you never know. It, it's it's an interesting flyer. If you're still in the draft and have money this late in the game, I mean, after this, there's only four more films. 
you got to just buy what's available. You know, that's part of the, the, the way we set up the draft. We have the option to, to, you know, draft them randomly, but we don't. We do them sequentially uh, by release date. And so what that means is by the time you usually have one or two teams who hold their money towards the end and just buy everything at the end. It's interesting because second half of August into September, there are no franchise films. No franchise films. In the last eight, there are no franchise films. So these are all small guys. So you, you're not going to have many people holding out their money. Whoever holds out their money is going to get a lot of things for cheap. And sometimes that strategy works out. The next one, uh, maybe you can call it a franchise movie. I, <laughs> it depends on your view. Slender Man, uh, the film based on the super creepy uh, supernatural character from the internet in 2009. Uh, they're making a horror movie about it. I don't know what it will be about, but it will be about the Slender Man Will people be interested in, you know, is there still Slender Man fever out there? I don't know. Uh, the next film is called Replicas. Uh, Keanu Reeves is back. I don't really think he left. Uh, but him, Alice Eve, Thomas Middleditch, um, a daring synthetic biologist after a car accident kills his family, will stop at nothing to bring them back, uh, even if it means pitting himself against the physical laws of science. I'm assuming cloning is in there. Uh, at some point, certainly a smaller film, um, won't be probably as big, but when you got a name like Keanu Reeves attached, uh, coming off the heat of John Wick, I think it'll be interesting to see, uh, what happens, but, uh, you know, I'm going to be honest, not, not optimistic about the, the breakout potential of that film. Next up, second to last movie, Fighting With My Family. Just when you thought you couldn't get more Dwayne Johnson, He's in another movie. He doesn't star in this one. Uh, this one stars a number of uh, professional wrestlers. And it tells the story of WWE professional wrestler Paige. Uh, it's directed and written by Stephen Merchant, who you may know as the partner of Ricky Gervais. Uh, from uh, They co-created The Office and a number of other things. And uh, yeah, a family of professional wrestlers who try and work through their issues. God, really, uh, really an interesting film. This late in the summer, we talked about it. No major films. Not a lot in the way of comedies either. Uh, and, you know, wrestling has a built-in audience. You put wrestlers in it. Uh, you have a wrestling-centric plot uh, written by Stephen Merchant, a man who knows comedy. Very interesting film. And by the way, I will say they're doing a lot of early promotion. That's what's, that's what's really fascinating, something to watch for on these sort of smaller films, is that they really, if they're spending the marketing budget to hype these movies, there's something there. Because a lot of these studios, if they think it's a bomb, they'll just dump it. And they don't really care that nobody sees it because they know it's a failure. But if 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 they're really if they're already spending money in April to advertise this film, then they at least believe something will come of it. So, you know, it's a second to last movie. Not many people are going to be bidding on it. Um, but it is, it is interesting if your plan is to hold out your money towards the end of the draft and you see a film like Fighting With My Family, you might say, hey, you know, there, there's something there. Finally, to our last, our 30th film, uh, you may remember him from The Predator uh, and Predators and Predator 2 and Alien vs. Predator and Alien vs. Predator Requiem. It's The Predator, and he's back in this all-new sci-fi reboot uh, adventure directed by Shane Black. Uh, who you may know as the uh, writer and director of Iron Man 3, The Nice Guys. Um, his new one is The Predator here. It will star uh, uh, Boyd Hallbrook, Olivia Munn, Keegan-Michael Key, Sterling K. Brown, Jacob Tremblay. 
and it is uh, a story focusing on military veterans encountering a predator ship in a suburban neighborhood. Uh, they band together to deal with the issue. Uh, and uh, yeah, I- interesting. You know, I-, I think Predator is one of those sci-fi franchises that isn't quite as beloved. We've seen what's happened with the Aliens franchise. Um, when when that's come back in the last couple films, mixed reaction. Uh, I wouldn't say they are beloved. Uh, and we haven't seen a uh, new Predators film since 2010. Uh, was the the last one, Predators, which was essentially a, a reboot as well. That one grossed just $52 million, uh, at the box office. Alien vs. Predator Requiem, $41 million. I, I don't think this will be a $200 million movie. I'd be shocked if it was a $100 million movie. You're looking at maybe a $50 million, maybe even less, but it's the last movie in a draft, so someone's going to get stuck with it, and that's okay. You know, every dollar counts when we're looking at these totals. We've had winners... Where 10 million, 20 million, that's all it will take to put you ahead. So you want to own every movie you can. Someone's going to own this one. And someone's going to own all 30 of these films. Uh, It's certainly an interesting lineup. Different from a lot of summers in that, A, as I mentioned, we are very franchise-heavy early. Avengers, Deadpool, Solo, Incredibles 2, Jurassic World, Ant-Man and the Wasp are all in the first half of the summer. Uh, So people are going to spend money fast in this draft. I will also say... Having so few kids' movies is extremely interesting with just Incredibles, Hotel Transylvania, T-Titans go to the movies. Maybe throw Christopher Robin in there as well. Um, That is interesting. And then we're also having a lot of big gamble movies as well, where I bet very few of them will do well, but one or two will. The question is, can you pick the right one? Will it be, will Uncle Drew break out? Will Crazy Rich Asians break out? Will one one of the four or five action films, Skyscraper, Equalizer 2, Mile 22, The Predator, one of those will probably break out. Which one will it be? It's all about having the right combination and paying the right price. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, I hope everyone out there joins us for our draft episodes. It's the next one that will be in the feed for the show. Uh, We've got some great players lined up. 30 movies, $100 a piece. They're going to have to bid and own them. Uh, and someone is going to walk away with the trophy. So it's going to be exciting. Uh, thanks, everybody, uh, for joining on this special bonus episode, breaking down what you can look forward to in the 2018 Up for Debate Summer Movie League. You can follow the league all summer long on our website anytime, upfordebate.tv slash movies. We've got the full spreadsheet there. It, it reminds you who bought what movie, what they paid for it, and, of course, who's winning, probably the most important thing. That will be happening all summer long, all the way through to the last film, uh, which is The Predator, coming out on September 14th, which means we'll close the league probably in early October, uh, where we'll be bidding for the Winter League. My goodness, it never ends. Um, that does it for this episode. Thanks, everybody, for for coming along on this ride. Our website is upfordebate.tv. All of our episodes are there. I recommend you check it out. Our last episode, a real barn burner. We talked Ready Player One, the movie. Previously, we had talked about the book, so we felt obligated to see the movie. And we, I don't know, tolerated it? I would not say we loved it. But, uh, you know, we did what we could. So (laughs) the episode at minimum is fun. I'll tell you that. Uh, And you should check it out right now at UpForDebate.tv. That does it for this episode. On behalf of Matt, uh, who couldn't be here, I'm Sean. Thanks for being with us. We'll see you next time on Up For Debate.